Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. It's a 20! Hey! A We're banner just fell from the ceiling. There's confetti everywhere. <laughs> Emily just popped out of a door. Oh my like, god! She has a cake. It's shaped like a giant twenty-sided die. Oh my god, so... Emily! Thank you. <laughs> She's so quick. Now we know why those helicopters have been circling your house, <laughs> waiting for this moment. They, they're also dropping confetti. Oh my god! The whole town's in on it. Fireworks in the sky. Oh, it's my whole life has been leading up to this moment. <laughs> Man, oh. welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> I think I have to leave now. That's my exit. Bye. <laughs> oh, you, you, she peaked. She's got to go. We'll check you later. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let me say here at the top, uh, before I forget, since mm-hmm. I wasn't able to discuss last episode with everybody, I just have to throw this out because when I was listening to not this episode of, of uh, The Adventure Zone, but the one before that with the attack uh-huh. when we learn about all this stuff, my first thought when they were describing the monster attack, I went to Alexandra. Oh. Just throwing that out there. Interesting. Danny oh, seemed way too obvious. That's fair. And I believe she was described to be a similar monster type. Hmm. Interesting. I could be wrong. I just wanted to put that out there. I like that. You know, I'm always down for blaming a girl na- with, a, with the name starting with A for all murders. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm, I'm glad you. you brought that up because <laughs> I will get back into that later on in this episode. Ooh, stay tuned, everybody. And we do hop right back in. You, you can just imagine really Emily tagged out. I tagged in for this <laughs> showdown with the Hornets. Yeah, I do like that Griffin described this as that they were sort of in the process of confronting them, which is the the most non-confrontational way to describe a confrontation. <laughs> it's extremely it's extremely good. With this bike gang that shows up with a rebar and shit. <laughs> Baseball bats. It's a full on I imagine there's like a, one of those uh big oil drums but just with fire coming out of it it's just a scene from an oh, yeah. 80s movie where like the gang <laughs> oh, has shown sure. up they brought it all with in them, leather though. like they had to <laughs> they would have had to yeah mama's not gonna leave that <laughs> i was like get, get that get that out of here uh i start with i've never heard let's get it wet as a phrase before is that common is that a mcelroyism i feel like I, I don't know where that came from. I, I don't remember ever hearing them say that before, so... I feel like it's nothing I've ever heard before, but it sounded right coming from them. Exactly. Yeah, you know, if one of them says something and the rest of them repeat it, you're like, yeah, that must be a thing. Right. Which I love. What confidence. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. <laughs> I don't know, but I did not want Urban Dictionary that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is... Very... A great... Good call. Call on your part. Speaking of being good at lying, that's immediately the tactic that they take in this confrontation is trying to lie because Aubrey immediately starts saying, oh, he had a concussion, so you think monsters yeah. are real, but he hit his head real hard. Um, and of course, yeah, Hollis not having it. I love mm. how into Hollis you guys got last <laughs> time. Well done. Big fan. You're keeping the show... We're keeping it where the show needs to be. Um, I do appreciate that they straight up say 
how horny Beacon as a belt is. How very hot topic and horny this concept is. Because that was immediately my thought too. The second yeah. they were like, his mouth is the belt buck, I was like, this is a very erotic belt, Duck. Are we sure? I'm kind of disappointed it wasn't a wallet chain, honestly. like That would have been great too. But either way, everybody in this town definitely like low-key just assumes... That that he's super into some obscure anime. Like this is some kind yes. of JoJo thing that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think? Right. That, did they even have a hot topic? Did he have to go to the next town to go to hot topic to get oh, this? Oh, definitely had to go. To the, yeah, like three towns over. I think this is what everybody's assuming about his secret life. <laughs> yes, they just discuss it when like they'll see him drive by and they're like, "How far do you went? Which town do you think you went to to get that horny, horny belt?" <laughs> And we can assume that they do all assume this about Duck because apparently everybody in town knows that Duck is a terrible liar, which is why Hollis yeah. says he wants this says that they want to hear it from Duck. It's just a fact. It is known at this point. See, I didn't even take Duck it that way. I figured lie. he's an authority figure. We want to hear it from him. <laughs> Not he's the worst liar we've ever heard. We want to hear it from him. That's cute. Yeah. That also makes sense. Yeah, I just assumed that Duck be. was so bad at lying that he was infamous around oh, town. You guys yeah. are most likely right. I just keep thinking of Hollis as just this sweet human that they're just Mr. Mr. Officer. I love that you have taken and like created your own <laughs> headcanon for Hollis. And what I will say, and I'm kind of jumping the gun a bit here because we're just having like this, uh, this back and forth low-key confrontation. Uh, but when Ned is trying to reason with them and bring up the fact that, you know, we have this handsome employee and he dresses up like a goat sometimes. Um, I defo hope that at the end of all of this, when we're all BFFs, the Hornets and the Pine Guard, mm-hmm. that the Hornets do go and sit in at Saturday Night Dead. Oh, I want that to happen. Gonna. It that has to nice. happen. Yeah. 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 And saying that it was a skit is also a pretty decent lie after the concussion didn't yeah. work. I mean, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can lie your way out of a situation by just repeatedly changing which lie until you get one that somebody believes i don't think it works like that but it was a good attempt i also i also want to know like clint pulls these real movies by the way out of his hat like on the spot when is he actually launching this show because i would watch that absolutely oh that's the other thing i want to say you guys brought up uh svenguli last time Mm -hmm. and i could have sworn we had brought it up on the show before but i loved it i think i was i was glad that made another appearance but remember, I don't remember names at all, ever. So it's true because even after Anne said Svengoli, you still called it something else, which yeah. was very Clint McElroy, and I loved it. Um, yeah, no, back when I only had like five channels, that was they would show Svengoli on weekends. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that show, and I would love a version with Clint McElroy hosting Saturday Night Dead. Mm-hmm. We know he looks good in a top hat. Heck yeah! But if we did want to watch Werewolves on Wheels. It is available on YouTube, so we don't have to wait for Saturday Night Dead, which I'm ready to wait for it, because I really, I really, really want to see the skits, too. I'm willing to wait for it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but also, when you say werewolves on wheels, you do think of motor motorcycles, but also um, bicycles and maybe even some <laughs> rollerblades. So I, I want all of the wheels. I want roller derby werewolves <gasps> now. Yes. I would watch that. I would absolutely, especially if like the other team was zombies or vampires. It's like, DM, 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 vampires. nobody yeah. this idea. <laughs> this belongs to Romancing the Zone. 
we're gonna make except it. we need a macro to name it for us because i think they'd That's be more true. on top of a good title i feel like i should have yeah. something right away and i don't we'll consult you mm-hmm. can't call it monster squad because that already happened Damn. now we're just gonna be thinking i know now <laughs> just yeah. trying to think of a name <laughs> but so this this conversation isn't really this confrontation is kind of I guess it's not even really getting heated, but regardless, Papa shows up and effectively gets the Hornets going on their merry way. Did you say Papa? Papa being, yeah, remember Agent Stern is uh, (laughs) the Papa to Mama's Mama, because he's the only person paying to stay at the lodge. I'm making this happen. His name is Papa. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) You just threw us for a loop for a second. We're like, wait, what? don't worry. I, I figured I, like, I might. Barclay? No, he can't be Papa. No. That's too weird. He's like Mama Barclay's Junior. Just brother Bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Stern, Stern has been here this entire time, like all of these months. I, I really want to know how his what I presume is like an investigative podcast on Bigfoot at this point is going. Like, yes, has he got Patreon set up? Is this? Is this going to be like he's already sold it to to the network? What is happening with this? It could be because like there's no way the FBI left him in town just kind of you know hanging out in a hot spring for this I entire mean, time. I would say if he's he um if he's like a Mulder situation where you just kind of mm. want him out, like yeah, mm. yeah, maybe he's he's the son of like the chief of agents. I don't know what they call them, and. <laughs> He's the son of the head of the Captain. FBI, and so they had to give him a job. Thank you. So they're like, oh, we'll give him this job. We'll send him to Kepler, and then he can just, yeah, we'll, we'll put a little money in his coffer every so often, but he can deal with and it. And he's always trying to contact the FBI, and they're like, oh, but cell phones don't work. <laughs> it's the best uh, plan. This is, this is the cannon. We can't get your report. You better, you better like, snail mail it to us. Right. It's fine. Yeah. And you should probably type it. Write it by hand. We don't trust... Those email digital <laughs> things. Mm-mm. This is the FBI. But even if it's that, like, I, I really hope that he's just quietly making a podcast oh, about absolutely. this on the side. Which, of course, yeah, I assume he can't upload, but he could rec- he could record it. He's just recording <laughs> it's his it for doing later. a one fell swoop. <laughs> no, I think that this is genius because, again, if we're going to keep pulling from Agent Dale Cooper, it's similar. Only his Diane is his podcast. <gasps> That's it. Oh my gosh, we this is our it. spinoff now. <laughs> Bootleg so spin-off. many people would love this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can actually see this happening now. If one of us had a male voice, I think I'm the closest. We could pull this off and just do his, yeah, his Diane, his podcast about all this crazy shit that's happening in Kepler. Here's what we do. We script it. We have a brother who oh, happens shit, to have a male voice. We do have voice. a brother. <gasps> I bet he'd be in. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. I love the delight with which you're remembering that you have a brother. (laughs) He does exist. He is real. (laughs) Clap your hands and believe. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get our brother to show up. Uh, But Stern's appearance being a big old lawman does kind of send them off and go, okay, well, mm -hmm. we've made our point. We're going to go. And then Justin, using this trust me move to try (gasps) to convince Hollis, was such a stellar action Mm -hmm. to take. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I I, I mean, not just from a a game mechanic standpoint, but just as a a dramatic choice Mm -hmm. um, in this moment, like seemed 
Like, you know, I mean, because they were kind of goofing around with it before. But this this um, I think this landed really well and yeah. felt really believable. Yes. Um, Even if it didn't necessarily work out all that well. But, yeah. But still, I felt like it was going to lay some narrative groundwork for stuff later. Uh-huh. Yes. And whenever you can make the person in charge go, oh, shit, like, you know, you did something good. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's real good. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it uh, almost the way they all reacted to it is is almost like you get I wonder if you get so wrapped up in the story and mm-hmm. what you want to do next that sometimes you forget similar to like in balance, you would forget sometimes that they had these like yeah. really great items mm-hmm. that they could have had that they had at their disposal. And I th- feel like maybe that happens here too sometimes mm-hmm. as they forget that they have these um, moves built into yeah. the characters that they could they can reach for if they need to. That's exactly how I saw it, too. Yeah, especially since Justin is effectively starting over yeah. with like a whole new toolbox. Right. It's it's hard to remember what all's in there. Absolutely. Um so yeah, I thought that was really um smart gaming. Yes. And interesting mm-hmm. gaming. Mm-hmm. And I did appreciate Clint wanting to help make it a success, but I, I agree with mm-hmm. all the boys that it it worked very well as a mixed success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a good collaborative moment. Yeah. That's nice yes. when you can when everybody can get on the same page about like, no, I think this is the more interesting way to execute this when we have a mm-hmm. choice. Absolutely. Well, and it makes sense both in the whole, like, you know, this is, like, this is a more interesting choice, but also narratively, that's the only way that makes it, like, Clint um, mm-hmm. coming in or Ned coming in with just like, oh, and by the way, like, that would not fall narratively at all. You're right. Whereas I hadn't even thought Duck of that. walking along yeah. with them and saying, like, you know, hey, here's the situation, blah, blah, blah. When they said, right. like, you're the only one we're really going to trust for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. He was the closest. So yeah. I don't think Ned coming in with anything would actually help. And I'm glad that they played it exactly the way they did. Yeah. Good job, boys. Well, and they, they clearly know already that he's a terrible liar, whether they knew it before this interaction or not. They mm-hmm. definitely know now. So oh, that yeah, means yeah. when he's telling the truth, they can tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that earnesty and the fact that he reached out to them by saying, this is dangerous. And it wasn't like, mm-hmm. stay out of our business. It was, yeah, you already lost some people. Maybe chill out and let us yeah. continue to do what we have been doing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the, that leads us into this next part, too, is that there's a lot of really great dialogue that happens between all of these characters, yeah. um, our three heroes, and then, of course, Mama and Barclay, to kind of try to decide whether or not they're going to bring in the Hornets and trust them. Yeah. This is a complicated question. Like it just really in, was. Like, in mm-hmm. universe. I mean, this is, an, this is a difficult issue of, like, how do you protect the maximum number of people? Right. Right. And, of course, there's such good arguments for and against. Barclay, of course, having a very good argument, which is, I'm in direct danger here. But then I like Mm -hmm. Aubrey's response, which is, yes, but what if they know beforehand Mm -hmm. who you are and that you aren't the person that we're looking for here? Right. And is it going to mean that we are harming less Sylvanians and less human bystanders? Mm Mm-hmm. It's a complicated question. Yeah, and Mama has a really good point that that the the other thing at stake here is that they could easily tip this into full out war. That it's not Absolutely. just the question of the people in town and and the humans and the Sylvanians and who's at the most risk and why, but that that conflict there could spill over into being a conflict between the two worlds. Right. Because mm-hmm. if they want to know everything. That's where it becomes really dangerous. So I feel Mm -hmm. like with all of their debating, it makes me lean toward telling them, but specifically being like, we are going to 
have a one-on-one with Hollis and we're going to tell Hollis and even then you Mm -hmm. keep some stuff from them and say straight Mm -hmm, up we won't tell you every single thing because we are now protecting our own people just like you are trying to do with the Hornets and just be Mm -hmm, real about mm -hmm. it and be like we're going to tell you as much as we can without putting our people in danger right yeah that's what I would do. That's exactly how I'd play out. And it's definitely going to, they're going to have to do something because this is clearly, you know, yeah. the situation is already in motion. It's popping so on. they're going to have to figure something out. Yeah. Well, and the benefits of telling them are uh-huh. obviously getting more eyes and ears on the situation. Also, yeah. guys, mm-hmm. patch sales would go way up. Ooh. I figure they do have to pay for them. <laughs> so, I mean, how many, yeah, how many well, orders do we have? 15? I would say. I assume since there are artists there, that maybe they're they're handmaking those, right? I assumed they were handmade by one of the Sylvanians. I was gonna say well, that you maybe sell Barclay them had them. a embroidery machine. Oh, <laughs> maybe he's quilting over there. He's like, now this square represents the day Danny came to Earth. <laughs> the day Danny was kicked viciously out of Sylvain and joined us in our Aww. happy family. Oh. We love her, he says, wrapping her up in a blanket as she's just looking forward at the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it is. I think that's the hardest. That's a true dilemma there. Like, neither way is mm. going to solve everything. Either way has right. a lot of trouble and problem with it. But yeah, we got to make a choice. What the heck are they going to choose? Uh, <gasps> Let's let Jake Coolice decide. Oh, right. <laughs> Consult with him. Maybe we'll get that in the next episode. I hope so. And then bathroom breaks for all, and they are moving on. <laughs> yes. And I appreciate, um, as they're deciding what to do next, what next moves to take, they initially say, should we split up? And I like that Ned and Duck were both like, no, no. I want to stay together. Mm-hmm. I miss you guys. It was cute. <laughs> it was very That good. was very sweet, yeah. <laughs> and also kind of a survival thing for Duck, to some extent. Like, he should probably Certainly. not go up by himself. Like they said. Although he does uh, get extra I'll... points if he does do that. That's true. He's That's got true. that I'll check it out move. You can't enjoy your points if you're dead. That's <laughs> true. True and true. Well, roll that dice well, Duck. <laughs> I really enjoy hearing um, Dr. Harris Bonkers, PhD, just uh, addresses Dr. Bonkers. Yeah, I liked it. That was, I love that. Like, Dr. Harris Bonkers sounds like it could literally be a real person. Like, you just kind of, like, you know, <laughs> bypass does. the Bonkers. Yeah. Dr. Bonkers is for sure from a child's cartoon TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I assume they, um, their most used method of medicine is a big hammer, but it's got, ah. like, the squeezy, like, <clears throat> like, Anne probably has a squeezy thing she could do right there to fix what I tried to do with my mouth. But, like, uh, that's... I don't have a squeaker in reach. Damn it. <laughs> I can do it in post. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I have a bag of rattles. <laughs> It's not Dr. Rattles. He's in next week. It's Dr. Bonkers. Dr. Rattles is the name of... uh, (laughs) Dr. Rattles is the name of my pet magic snake. There you go. He's friends with Dr. Harris Bonkers. You would think they would want to kill each other, but no. They're unlikely friends. The cutest of friends. (laughs) Uh, But I will say, before we move on to this next scene with Dr. Bonkers and Aubrey and Danny, so... Why couldn't Duck have calmly removed Indrid's glasses? Because sometimes people make I think make they were in the choices. midst of battle, too, right? You, it would take just yeah, as much effort think, to reach yeah. over and calmly pluck glasses off somebody's face as being like, sorry about this, Indrid. Cold cocked. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, it's so much more cinematic that way. Though. I know, but now he's upset and he ran Duck away. Duck Deep Down is a drama queen. 
He absolutely he loves is. It. You got me there. Here's what I will say, though. You he know wears that, that belt. You know he wants. Oh, he's he very wants funny. to laugh at right. <laughs> He's an edge lord. He absolutely is. Here's what I figure. The good news is, I'm sure this means that Indrid is going to have a hot. You think I'd miss this party? Kind of like save the day. Oh, show up at the last better. moment. Yeah. And I look forward yeah, to I, it. I, I was I was entertained that they all sort of completely forgot, that, <laughs> conveniently forgot that they had burned this bridge with injury. Yeah, they're ooh, like, no, that was bad wording. Ooh, ooh. I should have said burn this. Ooh. <laughs> oh. The bells just start ringing. More confetti <laughs> falls an around Anne, but it's just angry people coming out. <laughs> Ooh. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, but so we do have this scene with um, Aubrey wanted to have a moment to talk to Danny. And I'm also going to say at the top here, we know that we had Anne as possibly, probably a killer back in dust. Mm-hmm. And I will just say, as a kid, so I had people who called me Danny, and now she is possibly a killer. So just saying, watch out for the girls on Romancing the Zone. You don't know what we're capable of. Can't wait for the next arc where B Here shows B. up. Aunt B with her murder and pies. <laughs> She's just taking out people left and right. It's going to be good. People do take bunnies for walks, by the way. They There's do, yeah. Harness. I remember yeah. this. It's a little harness on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So we do find Danny at the gate here, and we learn about what, that she she's missing some time. And she did wake up mm-hmm. here at the gate, and she had a little book that was with her that was not with her previously. Nothing suspicious there. No, mm-hmm. not at all. For what it's worth, I do still think Anne is a murderer. I don't think Danny is a murderer, but the scene <laughs> does look very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Something odd has happened. Yeah. But he's definitely set up, yes. Oh, definitely. And I truly do believe that it is set up to make us think that Danny's the murderer, you know, a little mm-hmm. a little uh, bait and switch yeah. there. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's too obvious. Griffin's too good a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. it's real. And, you know, Adventure Zone has fucked with possession of innocence that then mm-hmm. got the innocent person blamed in the past. This has happened. That's true. Yeah. Well, and we, we find out some important stuff that may be related to that because Aubrey uses um, the third eye, <laughs> uh, which I like the idea that Griffin thought that it was not only like a physical oh. eye, but that it made gross noises. Oh, which I can Griffin. kind of picture, but like it almost like in my mind then like, appears and like floats in front of her forehead yeah almost yeah, very like was... 80s mystical cartoon kind yeah. of thing uh-huh i was definitely thinking like kind of the night veil interpretation of the third eye that it's it's sort of yeah like that like sort of spectral and okay kind of... it seems yeah. very like yeah spooky anime like yeah yeah opens yeah. up and then yeah looks around creepy so we don't know much, but we know that there is a really powerful spell in this book. Yeah. It's something about a mountain with smoke yeah. coming out of it, which is pretty ominous. I mean, vague, but ominous. Right. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of what this even could possibly tell us, but I've got nothing. Besides the yeah, fact I that Kepler's it's... in the mountains. Yeah. Okay. I think Guys. we won't necessarily know. Okay. Oh, you've got an got idea, it. Brittany. I have an idea. This is not anything uh-huh. to do with a crude drawing of a mountain. Besides the fact when anyone starts anything with crude drawing, I go to penis. <laughs> so it was not. I was okay. disappointed. Fine. It wasn't that. It's not that. It's not that. So, not a penis spell. <laughs> not Probably. this time. <laughs> so this goes along with what Nell just brought up. 
just brought up 30 minutes ago at the start of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Danny and Alexandria look like each other. Do they? Or maybe not look like each other, but, you know, were described with similar characteristics. Danny is Damn. homesick. Danny still has family in Sylvain. What if Danny maybe? and Alexandria are sisters? Mm, and Alexandria is pulling some shit. And she is like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's, I, I was looking at those mm. in my notes. And I was like, that could be fun. Why else would he bring up that she still has family in Sylvain? I mean, yeah. that's a good call. I hadn't, I hadn't gone there. I just knew that Alexandra yeah. was like, I don't like this human girl and I don't like humans. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. me start some and shit with humans. Imagine how she feels when she finds out her sister is dating her. Mm. Boom. Boom. She would definitely hate this human even more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could be something. Write it down, mm. folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> Just put it in put it in your cap. Well, we, we do learn something else relevant in the scene because uh Aubrey uses third eye on Danny as well. True. Yes. And Griffin confirms that there are traces of some kind of energy, which could mean a lot of things. I mean, obviously, Travis is on this track of what if it's some kind of possession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Griffin kind of implies with the way that he uses it, because he says, well, it's not it's not there. There's nothing there now, necessarily. Um, and says he can't confirm, like, whether there was something there that has now left, as if the possession had had been there and now wasn't. He says he can't confirm it, but then he does use past tense. So I think he did kind of confirm it, like mm-hmm. accidentally, that maybe, maybe in fact, mm. Danny was possessed and whatever energy was there is is not. That this is just the remnants of whatever it was that happened. Yeah. Something is still lingering. No, that's, that's a good mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. on dissecting even his usage, his word usage. Right. Yeah. Check that syntax. Keep it in your cap. <laughs> We're busting through every problem. There were there were some times in balance where he said something in a tense that it, the time didn't seem odd. And then uh. looking back at it, you were like, oh, okay. Because he's thinking about things that he knows that we don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes that may be relevant. Not necessarily, but it may be. Yeah. I think we're on to something here. But now we've all got to go to him work. Yeah. <laughs> we, regardless, we're going to protect Danny. Keep her safe. Keep her secret. And uh, let's go to the morgue. Field trip to the morgue, everybody. <laughs> they are so excited about going to this morgue. This is the most excited anybody's ever been to go to a morgue. I'd like to even believe that maybe Ned and Duck were like, okay, we'll go check that out. And Aubrey's like, please don't go without me. And they're like, all right, yeah, we'll wait. <laughs> Keep it a team here. Team outing to the morgue. I, I see that. And of course, it being a tiny town, it's not a very big morgue. And uh, <laughs> we uh, meet the keeper of the keys here for the morgue, <laughs> Gregor. Yeah, speaking of uh, interesting tidbits of foreshadowing, Gregor is reading and very engrossed in, we say more than, Griffin says more than once, very engrossed in a brochure for the, the telescope. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is definitely important. Yes, I forgot in to my make opinion. a note on that. It's something for sure. Especially what we find out later. Mm-hmm. So this giant telescope that ducks on his dream is now showing up. Can you guys imagine if this was all a show? I it know. would be like those are those little things that you they wouldn't draw any attention to. Mm-hmm. But if you caught it, you'd be like, hold on. 
but how are we going to get past Gregor? Oh, don't worry. Ned <laughs> continues to be the best character in this entire show. <laughs> He's going to get us out of here. <laughs> it's a good thing, too, because it was, it was practically like a who's on first routine oh trying God. to figure out how I people are going to talk their way loved in. loved that moment so much. And I'm with Opry. That she just started with a good lie, and then Duck just kind of derailed oh it, and then Ned just ran with it, and it, of course, <laughs> turned into just an amazing scene. But also, the idea <laughs> that Justin was out of character when he was like, you know, I chose bad lying, and I assume Travis was in character, and Aubrey went on that tirade about, you exactly. know, I had a good lie. You guys started this out. God. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, because it's Travis being so, uh, not so frustrated, but a little frustrated with his family and being like, you guys, I had this. But the fact that it's like, it has to be Aubrey saying it, even if it makes no sense in the context of the story. It has to be Aubrey like, ugh, you too. I had this. (laughs) Then Ned saves the day. Yeah, Ned recognizes the name Gregor. Oh, it reminds him of Gregor Mortis, which is an amazing oh, name, especially best name. off the top of your oh head. Oh my gosh, that quick wit. Clint McElroy's ability to pull a pun out of nowhere is, is incredible. We gotta go to him for the name of our monster movies. That's, I want I want his masterclass on somehow yeah. coming up right? with this stuff. Oh my gosh, please. Please and I thank always you. say I want to take um, improv classes. I would just take a crash course with uh, Clint. I think that would set me up very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we find one of uh, Ned's Ned friends. Was that what he called it? Internet? They're the net friends <laughs> the internet, from the yeah. internet. Yeah. And he immediately puts it on and is like trying to butter Gregor up and offers him this enamel pin of his face. And girls, as Ned's number one fan, <laughs> you know I need this pin. Oh, no. This this has to. This is extremely, extremely important that this pin exists. In fact, to the point that I did start designing one. Oh, good. So. Excellent. <laughs> obviously, I cannot make it and sell it, but I am designing one. It's underway. Excellent. Oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad because I, even in the thought of like, I want this pin, my mind also went to, I also want some Saturday Night Dead merch, which I've already yes. started creating. So don't worry. <laughs> We're going to have everybody covered as far as this we've show We've got the concerned. merch line. Whenever, whenever Clint wants to actually launch the show, we've, we've got, got his back with the merch. Just send him our way. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Gregor's like, all right, yeah, this pin is super dope. And I'm so happy to meet you. I guess go on with your field trip. I will let you into the morgue. <laughs> for reference. For reference. Right? We need to see an actual dead person for reference. Well, there's a big difference between seeing something in real life and seeing a picture of it. True. That I've true. seen pictures of Bigfoot, but I'd much prefer to see him in real life. Yeah, it makes have sense. Have a sit down with him. See what makes him tick. You can really Have just... a cuppa. Yeah. I mean, it's why you go to museums. Yes, you can look exactly. up this picture of a painting online. But it's so much more impactful when you're there in person. Museums, mm-hmm. Bigfoot, morgue. It's all the same. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> I, I do want to call it really quickly before we move on that Travis's cell phone about making an enamel pin of your own face amused me enormously. <laughs> it was and very I, good. And I, I have enormous respect for the fact that he doesn't just wear that pin. He wears it on a regular basis. I feel like I would too if I had a pin of that my is, own face. That is a level of confidence I aspire to. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. I have a B. Arthur pin that I wear semi regularly, and I think that's about as close as I will get to wearing my own face. So on that's like my clothes. yeah, wearing like 
an aspiration of your future. Mm. That's it. I love That's it. Is it for sure? I have a David Bowie pin I wear. So, you know, I think we're all getting there. <laughs> it's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. Uh, but so we do go and see. They, they check out the one body. There's two of them kind of out and they're covered up. And they look at the one. And I like that Aubrey points out, like when they see the wounds on this body. And please, girls, jump in if I'm missing anything, if I'm skipping mm-hmm. ahead. Um, but Aubrey points out that these attacks seem calculated, which, again, would lend itself to my Alexandra theory. If uh-huh. it's somebody mm-hmm. who knows what they're doing uh-huh. and is yeah. doing it on purpose. There's definitely something funny. Like I like I like the description of that it was calculated to be scary. Yeah. Um, and that does seem to be the case. Like, why did they only kill two people why was it such overkill? Right. Because the description of the body is that what they say it looks like a small shark got in there. Yeah, which I found weirdly hilarious. It's um, not cute. But yeah, <laughs> like just a tiny shark. Just <laughs> right, here I go. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like so that it it, it doesn't look like feeding because right. it's too violent. But at the same time, it's not quite chaotic enough to be a rampage. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a good it was a very good point that there does seem to be something. Uh, just so deliberate and strangely deliberate about the way that this was done. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the monster take someone through the gate with them? Oh, I thought they were by themselves. I thought they had someone with them. I'll have to re-listen to that. I don't think so, but I it's possible that I don't remember correctly. I thought they dragged someone along with them and went through the I gate. I don't know. You may be right. I'm I'm not I'm not certain. That's the problem is like in the in their world not much time has passed in ours and in guys <laughs> universe. And there's kind of a longer gap. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's hard to be certain about. Here's what I'm going to do. We're uh-huh. going to pause the show right here and I'm going to I'm going to bring it up right now. Okay. That's how you do that. It doesn't say. Darn it. I really thought <laughs> yeah, that he was like say. dragging someone with him. Or it was dragging something. Maybe you have had a vision of the future. Maybe I have. Because <laughs> hmm. that would go along with my theory of Alexandra overheard that mm. the crystal like responded to the human touch. And so she's like, ooh, I'll go possess my sister ah. and make her go kill a few, grab a few, bring some food back. <laughs> it takes mm. them to go orders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, something weird's going on. And it is weird that this this is the first time... Isn't this the first time that Abomination has fled through the gate? I think so. I mean, as far as we know. Right. Because I feel yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, like, confirmed uh, the equivalent of on screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Because even with the others, it sounds like, you know, it kind of sounds like they almost, like, escape, and then they don't. They're mm-hmm. just kind of berserking yeah. around Kepler, where this one mm-hmm. is very clearly somebody who went into Kepler and then went back into Sylvain purposefully. Mm-hmm. Right. So many questions. So mm-hmm. many. Uh, but don't worry, Ned has another great idea. <laughs> <laughs> the sounds Griffin makes in trying to suss out what to do with Ned and this Ouija board. Yeah, that, hmm. That he stole yeah, from I can't do it. <laughs> I did very much enjoy uh, Travis and Justin's, uh, Justin's in-sync uh, Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Also, also, Justin's entire outburst about how off the rails this is, followed by Trav very simply saying, "All right, Dad, roll," and then Justin just like insanely laughing was such poetry to me. I love that entire moment it so was. much. It was very good. 
I think that is this the this is one of the first times that I mean Quinn is always sort of trying to find a way to improvise his way out of these situations without necessarily using the rules of the game. He's always trying which, to fuck it up. you know, up. I can respect... Everybody's got a player like that in their group, right? Who's mm-hmm. just like, no, I'm just going to find a way to circumvent this and make yeah. it work. I and feel like I am that player. They tend to come up with some of the most interesting solutions to problems because they don't feel the need to be bothered by things like rules. Like, can a non-magic user do a use magic rule? <laughs> which is great. <laughs> I'm so glad that was the solve. Yeah, I was very, I was, uh, I was very entertained. Um, and a predictable failure. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then and an unpredictable shock that a six yes. is a failure. It's like you've been playing this <laughs> game you for almost a year now. <laughs> uh, but it does, it does lead us into our our end goal here because noticing that there's blood on the sheets anyway Ugh. is a little like mm-hmm. hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not right. Like, that's not supposed to happen. Should not be blood coming through. No. And then we end up closing on the Adventure Zone having converted successfully into a full-on horror movie when they Aww. pull this sheet back and see that it's Gregor. It's so spooky. And, and the door starts to And the door's I, opening. I'm like I'm just taking notes like a normal human and then suddenly I'm like what? And like yeah, it's not <laughs> suddenly suddenly it's sh- we've been shamaland. Yeah, I was not <laughs> expecting that at all. Very very well done. That these these cliffhangers we've had these past two episodes. <sighs> Mwah, they're so good. And yet so agonizing cuz then you yes. have to wait 2 weeks. Like they better not banter at all right no banter <laughs> next week you start immediately boys back in. and it does cast an interesting new light on what i mentioned earlier that that gregor not gregor was reading exactly. a green bay telescope brochure i'm so glad you brought that back up because i totally hadn't even taken a note about it but yes it makes Something it even more funny. ominous that like yeah that person out there wasn't real at least he wasn't really gregor and he was looking yeah. at the thing that Duck had a vision about. And this is obviously more complicated than just possession, we also know. Yes. So that's where now it's like, is this shape-shifting? Is this a body snatcher kind of situation? Was the person actually, quote-unquote, Danny, but not Danny? Maybe it's a high-level anamorph. Mm. <laughs> See, I watch Supernatural, and you guys do not. And there is a, a monster, which is admittedly based on existing lore, but there's a monster in Supernatural called the Skinwalker. Oh, yeah. Um, which is kind of a similar scenario where, like, you think it's the person, but Ugh. it's not them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they either have to, like, kill the person that they're impersonating or have to keep them hostage while they're impersonating them. Oh, okay. So this seems like it that might be well. something, yeah. something kind of along those lines. Yeah. Um, I mean, I you know, obviously it's whatever Griffin's... You know, this is this is Griffin's world and this is Griffin's lore, but something something like that maybe absolutely is what's could happening. be similar. Yeah. So my Alexander thing could be completely out the window. Well, oh, not I necessarily. Like so I, I still I think that's very interesting lead because we know Sylvain is involved somehow. True. Yeah, it's somebody who is going back and forth. Yeah. Through this game, mm-hmm. and Alexander's the only one that we know of so far who has any kind of motive, a possible motive. Right. True. Right. Or hint of a motive of right. just kind of not liking them. Absolutely. Um, That's enough of a motive for plenty of crimes. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, wait. What were you doing while you weren't on the episode last week? <laughs> oh, uh, don't worry about it. 
I mean, what are you what are you talking about? I was here the whole time. Anyway, <laughs> like you said, these these cliffhanger endings so good, but make the wait even harder. So we'll just have to find out where this horror story is going to go next week, and maybe they'll really lean into this uh, this Resident Evil sort of style of horror. Probably not, but wouldn't that be fun? Mm, I think we're due for it. <laughs> is there anything we forgot to mention or we want to bring up now? Uh, my favorite quote of the episode is, gotta be some way to blame this on Ned. Don't give up, Mama. I laughed for a good 20 minutes about that. <laughs> that Yeah, that one's a good one. Uh, I enjoyed that they did not forget the joke about Chicago. Yes. Um, <laughs> I miss I missed that on my first listen. But the, the, the uh, describing the body is... Um, this poor bastard's been taken to sh- back to Chicago, something <laughs> fierce. I was extremely entertained by that. <laughs> oh, and a side note, I wrote this down. Uh-huh. And because I said, Justin is trying to save Hollis and the Hornets. And once I saw mm-hmm. that written down, I was like, oh, my God, that is definitely their 60s girl band name. Hollis and the yes. Hornets. <laughs> so more merch. Come on. More merch. Come on, designers. I could do that. Especially my two lovely designers that are sitting uh, right here. Hey, we right have now. designers right here. But God, I was like, that's too good to pass up. That's a good one. I like that a lot. And last thing I want to bring up. Yeah. I want to see the map of Kepler. I'm, I was deeply hoping mm. that they would post that somewhere. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I want it to be a Clint version with like amazing clip art. <laughs> I was kind of actually thinking similar to that. I was thinking how fun it would be to make a layout of Kepler, but specifically as like an like eight bit video game layout. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. like little sprites could move around. I thought that would be cute. Like, oh, here's your little eight bit Pizza Hut, and here's your. I love that. Right? It would be cute. Well, now I want like a Night in the Woods ask game, but Ooh. it's Amnesty. That, yes, that lends itself very well to this. I want it too. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got a lot of work to do, ladies. Oh. <laughs> making all this happen. Golly. But you know what time it is. It's time for a poll. <gasps> B, do you want to take this one over since you did it last time? Yeah, I for sure can. Last time we <laughs> asked you, what trash-adjacent food would you be most likely to gnaw on? And the winner, with 43% of the votes, was a dude's neck, which... <laughs> A little kinky or a little vampy. Either way, I love you guys. I chose that one for both of those reasons. It's almost Valentine's Day. Hey. You know. <laughs> the neck of your choice. That's how we do Valentine's Day. And theirs, because consent. Right. Consent. Make sure. <laughs> so this time, speaking of Valentine's Day, we want you to tell us which hot topic merch you would use to hide your magical items. <laughs> We'll have that pull up over on our Twitter at Romancing Zone. And with that, we will check you in two weeks. Until then, thank you so much for listening. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Woo!